Hello, dear friends, and welcome to Alatra TV UK channel. Today, we have a special guest, a very special guest from India, and we're going to talk about creative society in which every human is a co-creator of a world of unlimited opportunities for growth and development, a world of freedom, safety, justice, equality, a world where we all deserve to live in. My name is Hanan, and today we'll be hosting this live conversation together with Elena and Alexi. Hello, dear friends. Initiated by people themselves, Creative Society is a truly unique global project that has been launched on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement, literally for the whole humanity. And of course, you are very welcome to join on alatraunites.com website, as only together we can build a world to be proud of. This live conversation is one more step, one more break for it. Hello, everyone. With great pleasure, I would like to introduce our today's esteemed guest from India, Dr. Kuljay Topal. Uh, you know, let's, uh, let's watch a short video first. And after that, we'll introduce our guest. Well, as you could see, Dr. Kuljade is an extremely multi-talented person who has brought immense honor to India. Dr. Kuljade is an image scientist, an entrepreneur, a creative director, an author, an educationist, a global thought leader, an impact strategist, an inspirational humanitarian, a transformational speaker, the list of Dr. Papal's awards is absolutely impressive. And apart from that, Dr. Kirjait also plays multiple musical instruments, dances, sings in several languages, and loves to watch the world from her aircraft thousands of feet above in the sky. She has her own sense of connecting with nature through her paintings and poetry. Welcome to Alatra TV, Dr. Kurjait. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation. We are really very happy to have you here with us today. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for those very kind words. Uh, hello to Alexa and Alina and Hanan. Thank you so much. It's my privilege to be here today with all of you on this brilliant platform of Latra TV. I'm really looking forward to our little chat. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Um, so what can I kick off with the first question? Dr. Apal, you're such a versatile person, um, which is amazing. Why have you chosen such an unusual path and approach? And what's the source of your power and motivation? Okay, so I think um, I have a bug in my head. It's a curious one. And I think I was born with it. So this bug of curiosity kind of made me an avid learner. And over the years, as I realized, this bug wanted to keep on learning more and more and delving into more areas. So here I am today, uh, while I collected a few degrees around, including the PhD, and God knows how many multiple certifications, but that was more of degrees in education. I think I've traversed across multiple industries. I had this huge passion to fly, which I did, of course. And then I moved from aviation to advertising and making movies and all kinds of creative work. And then moved into media, moved into IT, then moved into education and research. But I have loved it because I think that bug, which is, of course, still very, very active today, has just made me a more complete person, a more content person from in inside. And uh, it's also helped me today in in today's times, to kind of give back to society the little that I have learned as I've dealt across these various industries. So I'm happy that uh, that's what's happened. 
I'm also happy that I was encouraged in one way to uh, not go in the typical run of the mill kind of a way by my parents. So thank goodness for that. Otherwise, <laughs> this bug would have died its own death. But I'm happy because uh, that's what's actually promoted this whole journey of mine. And uh, while I said everything to do with the education and the more technical and professional elements of my life, but at the end of the day, I think I've been very inspired. As I think uh, Elena just mentioned, I'm very uh, observant and I'm very inspired by nature because I think that's uh, my biggest uh, teacher. I have learned from observation. I watch, uh, you know, as a child, I would watch the way uh, when people put a foot on the grass, how it bends. And then when you lift your foot, the grass again stands up. And I would keep thinking, I would be like, wow, I mean, how amazing. Imagine if people were like this, where you can, you can be so adaptable, you can put your head down with humility and yet stands tall right from inside. And whether it was the wind or the, or the leaves or the trees or pretty much anything around me, I think my connotations started very early in life. And I'm very happy that uh, I was learning from people, learning from nature, and that still continues. So that's what defines me actually and my whole journey. That's an absolute inspiration. Yeah. Amazing. Yes, doing everything with patience. Uh, now we know your secret. Thank you. Okay, Dr. Kiljait, we have been asking people around the globe one simple question. We did it uh, for more than nine years, and we have been doing it. And as you talk to so many people from different countries, from different professional areas, and of different social statuses, it is important for us to know your opinion. What do you think unites all people? regardless of our nationality, language, age, gender, religion, or anything else. So what do we have in common, all people of the world? I think uh, being human is uh, the most fundamental truth of humanity. And um, as much as, of course, times have changed ideologies and mindsets, but the fact of the matter is our core foundation you know, I've always looked at it from this perspective. When we are talking of awakening ourselves, and obviously when we're talking of awakening, I'm talking of the masses, everybody over here. So when there is a common thread, it will happen for everybody, right? So for me, I would typically say that if, if somebody has to talk of a centralized awakening, it will happen in two worlds. One that is visible around you, you know, where you, where you see things around that's physically around you. And the second world, which I think is the more important one, which is your inner being, your core foundation, your genesis to spiritual transformation. And I think that echoes in every single person. How much somebody listens or does not listen to the inner voice is a different story. But I think that is a core element that kind of brings in groups from all kinds of backgrounds, ages, gender profiles, etc., etc., and makes it a much easier way to kind of move forward together in bonhomie, in congeniality. So I think that is, for me, the most important part, just being human and identifying with your core foundation, which, like I said, it's your unadulterated uh, identity of sorts as a human being. And I think it's extremely important to understand the genesis of your spiritual transformation from within. And if everybody does that, there's a great you know, global mindset that we are then talking of. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Dr. Kuljit, if, if you don't mind, I'll ask you a bit tough question. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll okay. Try on, the, <laughs> on the basis of your Westlife experience, what would you say? Is there any fair reason for people to be treated differently? Is there any fair reason to consider some people as better and some as worse? Would you say that some of us deserve more than the others? I certainly don't believe that there has to be any disparity or any discrimination of any kind. I believe that when we're talking of uh, humanity, obviously it's been one God who is our father, almighty, right? And he has made us enter this world as people of equal order. It is us, unfortunately, who start making these dimensions that go tangential to the core essence of what he brought us in on Mother Earth. And I truly believe that uh, nobody is extra special. I think we are all very special and that's very important. So for me, if I'm looking at um, 
any person, be it from whichever longitude or latitude the person belongs to, whatever background, I would say that person is very much an equal. And I think that's uh, the moot message that everybody must have. We are in an inclusive and equal society. And even if we don't have, we should try and create a society that is happy and cohesive and where we respect each other's presence. We respect the backgrounds. We respect the thinking. We accept people around us with love, with humility, with gratitude. Uh, I think every time we, we meet, like right now, I'm interacting with the three beautiful people, all the three of you. I'm gratified in my heart that I'm interacting with three wonderful people. And I think each one comes with such a beautiful dimension. The biggest truth here today in today's times has to be we and not I. I think it's a world of collaboration. It's a world of us and not I, me, myself. I think that has to kind of get sort of eliminated in one way, minus writing essays in English when we need to use these things. But I think if we speak, the world uh, uh, is in a more unified manner in terms of the mind, the body, the spirit, the soul, everything. So I truly believe that if you, even if you look at it very rationally, um, it has to be a mind and a heart that respects all. An equal society where everybody has equal rights and has an absolute, um, shall I say, relevance of being as special as the other. So I think it is extremely important. And that's why I also contest often this whole thought of leadership. When I talk of leadership, maybe it comes also as a woman, where innately, I think we women, uh, we bring up our kids. Uh, not that the fathers don't, of course they do. But I'm just saying in terms of giving birth and all of that. So I truly believe that there's a whole concept of leadership with love and support. So you don't have to lead as in lead. So even the whole ideology for me in terms of leadership is always with love and cohesive support. So I think definitely, uh, well, Alexi, if I'm answering your question. I don't believe that there should be any, uh, you know, any discrimination of any kind. Nobody's extra special. Like I said, everybody is as beautiful and special in this world. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. Such just words. Thank you. So, Dr. Kurjeet, as your advisor and office bearer of many women organizations around the world, would you please share your view of the situation with gender equality nowadays? What did encourage you to start creating a robust ecosystem for empowerment of women globally? Okay, yes, I do uh, engage with a lot of uh, women groups, as you said. And um, the good thing is they're all global groups, most of them. Other than, I think, the one which I have in India, where I'm the national president for the Women Indian Chamber of Commerce and Industry. So there, I, it's more localized and more domestic. But uh, typically speaking, I think um, I'm engaging with very many groups around, and it's beautiful. Uh, the, the beauty here also exists because there is this very, uh, shall I say, uh, traditional mode and mindset that says that no woman can support another. There's a lot of rivalry and jealousy and what have you and all of that. So I think I contest that in my head. And even if it does exist, I think we all need to be healthy disruptors of sorts. I think I'm a healthy, healthy disruptor. And so I'm here to shake that belief that says that a woman cannot support another. So quite a few organizations that I'm part of uh, where people do come across such situations or they have this belief. The first thing that I talk of is, you know, you know, just supporting each other as human beings. I think that's the beauty of that word, being human, rather than having the gender, you know, uh, attached to it. Just treating everybody as beautifully and, you know, as an equal. And uh, when it comes to gender equality, as you said, I think it's, while it does exist, and I'm not going to deny that, there is a lot of stuff that's been happening. I mean, we have, we've seen so much of work uh, that goes around, around uh, you know, the equality. But I think it's, uh, it's healthy to understand that while we tutor girls uh, about the way they are supposed to kind of, I won't say fight for rights, but stand for yourself. It's also equally important for the men in our lives to understand and support the same. I think it's extremely important and it's happening. It's not that it's not happening, but we have a long way to go. Uh, we have to face the fact there's a long way to go. Um, there is a lot of uh, stuff that happens at the work front, but there today in today's times, we are seeing a lot of women breaking the glass ceiling, trying to come up with new ways. And of course, there are so many women organizations that have mushroomed over the years now. And I'm happy in a way. I don't know how many men organizations have opened up in that same manner, but I think 
Uh, that's just in jest, by the way. Um, I think it's a good thing as long as we understand that we need to stand for ourselves as people. Logic has to drive uh, all of these uh, issues more than trying to feel like a victim. I think when you feel victimized all the while, you stop progressing in your mindset. And I truly believe that, you know, while things have happened in the past, if they have to whoever, you have to take them as learnings and see what you can do next. So I'm more of a future-driven kind of a person. I look at solutions more than delving into uh, the problems. So any kind of inequality that does exist has to be addressed and must be taken up for sure, but in the right and uh, rational manner. And I believe that that's happening to a large extent across the world. Dr. Kuljit, apart from inequality, what would you call the main problems, the main troubles of the contemporary world? Uh, literally, what makes you sad most of all about this world? Ah, okay, that's a long list, huh? <laughs> all right, so let me just say a few. I, I won't be able to pinpoint on only one. So like I said, first thing is, like I, uh, I spoke about the awakening, right? So I think most of us are not connected with our inner beings. And I see that in the talks because people are not even aware of what they represent as human beings. What are their inner values that they resonate with? I don't think most of them are even aware. And another thing that I see hugely lacking is authenticity. I don't see too many people being authentic to themselves. They... They seem to have a little facade about themselves, and I don't think that's the best thing to do. Uh, why would you have an unreal life for yourself? You're made of a certain value system. Your core foundation echoes a certain thought, a certain mindset, but you're here trying to create a different aura about yourself, uh, probably trying to create something larger than life, and, and that's actually a little dangerous for yourself, as well as for people who look up to you or who follow you, because you may be actually negatively impacting people, and that's not the right thing to do. Apart from that, I think... Education and being an educationist it comes out as a, as a very dominant aspect. I think somewhere down, we need to have inclusive and equal education for all. And I don't see that happening as much. I think that is something that bothers me. And also in the name of education, I think what we're doing is delivering degrees. And I'm not saying that happens pan the world, but in lots of pockets, I can speak for my country for sure, because now, of course, a lot of things have been happening in terms of changes. But Even if you are educating, you are missing some elements of, again, value education or let's say life skills, which are very important to have as coping mechanisms. You need to understand critical thinking. You need to understand creative thinking or decision making or problem solving or uh, for that matter, empathy or um, effective communication and so on and so forth. There's so many life skills that we don't even think of when it, we're talking of education. Sorry, education. All we're thinking of is you know, just understanding the core essence of what has been happening over the years. Uh, equality, I do believe, has to be addressed. Is It's something uh, I feel a little saddened when I see people, you know, unequal still, you know, whether it's rich, poor, whether it's, you know, color, whether it's gender, whether it's whatever, I think. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that there is movement that's happening on that front. There is some sense of mutual respect that has started, but yes, I would still say there's a long, long way to go. Uh, although we are in a constant state of evolution, I think one of the moot things that to address your question is, I think from my perspective, we think, we talk, and we leave it there. Whereas I would typically believe is that you think, you create, you act, and then you evolve. We aren't addressing the whole issue, whatever be it. I think somewhere down, there are so many people who like to give a lot of knowledge, who like to share a lot of stuff, you know, in terms of talking. But when it comes down to walking the talk, there are very few people who actually walk the talk. And I think it's time that there is a consciousness that, especially with people who are, you know, sharing their thoughts, I think they need to put it into practice. And that's very important if we are talking of uh, building symbiotic relationships across the globe not just with professionals, whether it's children, whether it's people across, you have to speak the language of love, trust, commitment, care, uh, sustainability. And, you know, leaders don't last forever, but when you have principles that come together and become a binding factor, that is the set of, you know, what shall I say, those set of scruples, this, that's that beautiful structure that is built stays forever. So we are actually building a sustainable environment, a sustainable society, which can last. 
And I see this as a huge gap where we are not putting it into action. I think if we become action uh, driven so that we can evolve for the better, a lot of things will get addressed, be it in any area. Yeah, you make a very valid point there. Really wise words. Um, Dr. Opal, a precedence for the creation of the Creative Society Project was the Global International Conference, Society, The Last Chance, uh, which was hosted and held in May the 11th, 2019, by volunteers of Alatra, International Public Movement, and which has united online hundreds and thousands of people from more than 140 countries. We questioned ourselves, if we all want to live in peace, why do we have a world of violence and destruction? The conference has led to the conclusion that the main problem of contemporary humanity is the consumerist format of society, and that the only way out of the current dead end situation is a change of the society format entirely, from a consumerist to a creative one. How do you envision the creative society, such a society where you would feel, where you and your family and everyone would live in happiness and would feel safe? Feel free to touch on any, you know, on all aspects of human life. Okay, I think, and that's a very valid thing, I have to congratulate everybody at Alatra, honestly, for this great movement. Thank goodness 2019 happened. Uh, that at least, you know, there's been this movement and it's driven it so beautifully. Uh, so I completely, um, you know, kind of resound with the moot message that the Creative Society is all about, the platform is all about. You've spoken of, I think I read the website, it spoke of a full-flowing creative river. I loved that phrase. Uh, and it said something like, you know, the society that will create a new form of existence and uh, create favorable conditions for revival, et cetera, et cetera. And I just loved that whole thought. And more than ever, I think it's also a platform, as I understood it, to be uh, a platform that encourages people to openly you know, discuss things, to honestly discuss, and then uh, take on from there. And I understand we are in the first phase. I, I did go through all of that. And I have to compliment all of the people who have contributed. I also understand that there's this eight, you know, you have these eight foundations of the creative society which uh, have emerged out of, you know, interactions with thousands of people from across the globe. So how beautiful can, get, can that get? You know, it's just tr truly amazing. Uh, coming to your question in terms of what do I believe uh, can be a starting point and what do I think is what the society can be? Like I shared, I'll not, I'll not repeat what I said already, but I think the starting point would be to firstly have an active conscience because I think everybody has a conscience that tells you what is right and what is wrong. You cannot cheat on your own conscience. So I think the starting point might be a conscience that can drive everything that we are laying out for ourselves, you know, whether it's barriers of any kind and how you can unify and, you know, how you can get over all of that, whether it's inequality. But I think try and understand from within what does your conscience tell you? I don't think it's going to tell you the wrong things. And once you've heard what your conscience tells you, you actually get into the action mode and try and do something about it, discuss it, uh, be vocal about it, share it, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that is very important. I would definitely look at a society that is uh, cohesive, as I had already shared earlier, uh, a society that is potent, that is strong, and where it articulates authenticity, uh, sustainability, consistency, and all of that. But the moot message is where we have the backdrop of love and support as plain human beings. I think that's the most important thing. And I think lar largely speaking, um, what Alatra is doing or what the Creative Society is planned to do probably is addressing those, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So we are looking at improving the quality of human life, you know, emerging with, let's say, blended solutions of sorts that come from the wisdom of age and experience from people like me who are in the post-50s and also from the energy and rationality of the younger generation. I think I interact along with, a lot with the youth and women, of course, and I see a spark of rationality when I'm interacting with the youth, and I think they have so much more to share. So I see a society that blends solutions that come from both brackets. Uh, and you can say wisdom raised to the power of infinity uh, when that happens. So that would be beautiful. I also look at... Um, an inclusive and equal uh, society where you, of course, have education and all of that, uh, uh, you know, for everybody, because we know education brings uh, wings to a child. So that's very important. 
uh, where you have human rights that are respected, where we where we understand that uh, we have mutual respect, we have a shared vision, we have a purpose. I think a purpose is very important because that acts like a good glue of sorts. When you have a shared vision, it becomes a driving factor for most people. But having said that, I think it's also important to be self-driven. Uh, so I would also look at a creative society that uh, has every person within it that feels a sense of responsibility. You owe something to society. You owe, as a human being, something to the world around you. And I think it's very important to take that ownership and say, okay, let me do what I can for society. So if we can all contribute, I think it becomes a very beautiful, uh, cohesive society, which can sustain for God knows how long, centuries together. So I think that would be a beautiful world. That's what I envisage of the creative society ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Kaljate, for your great interest to our Alatra movement. It is uh, really very dear to us and uh, to our foundations. You know, they were created as a result of uh, millions of surveys of, uh, which we had all over the world. So, uh, dear viewers, the, views, the full version of the article is on alatra.com website. And for now, let's watch a short video about our eight foundations. The biggest social polling in our entire history of civilization has been conducted during the last 10 years by people around the world. 180 countries Millions of people of different social statuses, denominations, nationalities talk about the society in which they want to live in. And this is a creative society. Based on the answers of the people from around the world, eight foundations of creative society were established. A society where all people can live in happiness, peace and prosperity. This is that very society that our prophets bequeath to us. All prophets talk about the value of life, freedom, honesty, common human values, equality before God, mutual respect and unification of people about love for each other. They talk about the common truth and about the world which we can create. The prophet said, there will be a time when we're able to build a creative society. We are honored to live in the time which the prophets talked about. When everyone is chosen, So, Dr. Kulchait, uh, we are so glad that you are familiar with these eight foundations. How do you find them? Do they resonate with you? And what benefits can you see for yourself and your surroundings when these foundations are implemented? Firstly, I love that last line. Everyone is chosen. Oh, my God. How amazing is that? I love that. Uh, yes, I have gone through the eight foundations, Alina, and uh, I think all of it resounds with me, to be honest. Uh, as I was reading it through, I was like, wow, this is like a building block of sorts, which can apply to pretty much anyone across the world, all sorts of units, whether it's a unit as small as a family, to societies, to communities, to uh, professional spheres, to countries, everywhere. I mean, it's... I, I was looking at it and I was like, wow, it's, it's fantastic. It kind of, and I think I realize why I'm saying that. I realize because, as you said, the whole activity has emerged from a discussion with so many people from across the globe. So it is us thinking about us. And I think that's why it's so easy to kind of, you know, take it on and accept it and, you know, understand the beauty of these eight uh, foundations. Um, in particular, a couple of them just completely stood out for me, and I would like to share those. Um, 
of course, we do know, and I have a printout here, so I'm just going to look at that while I speak to you. Um, well, we understand, I, I like the first one that spoke of human life. Absolutely, I mean, what can be more valuable than human life? Uh, there is no debate on that. And if we can understand that, I think the care and compassion that each one of us can emit to another person who is in need, who is in, who, who is in need for just this first point, it would make, make it so easy, right? When we just operate out of that, just understanding how precious every single soul is in this world. It's so beautiful. Second one, human freedom. We're talking of us being born as equals, born as free people, the right to choose. You know, there are times, sadly, I've come across uh, women who say, uh, I love wearing certain clothes, but my husband says, no, you're not going to wear those. And I'm like, how sad can it get, you know, sometimes? And that is a reality. There are people, I just quoted one example. There is a reality of various kinds across the world. As such basic things of not being able to wear what you want to wear. I mean, excuse me. Somebody said, my husband doesn't like me wearing lipstick. I'm like, hello? <laughs> That's like too basic. So I mean, imagine having a world that echoes not just these basic things, but we're talking of freedom at all levels. How beautiful can that be? Having the right to choose whatever you want to do. Whatever you believe is the rationale. Whatever you want, you're free to do. Uh, human safety, of course, again, extremely important. Um, what caught my eye was transparency and openness of information. And I think it's very important in today's times to be able to receive reliable information uh, because we see so much of information and we also, you mull over so many things. We have our brain activated. You know, you always have, new neurons that are building up, you know, from, <laughs> we know that every time you're studying something, you're reading something, you're learning something, there is this new neural connection that you're building in your brain all the while, right? So it deserves that kind of food and we deserve that right to receive the right and reliable information, which is honest, which is open. And I think that's a great way to kind of uh, sound off most of the things that we're doing in life. For me, a in terms of the work I do, I think the creative ideology was something that was really strong because here I'm speaking in my own words that I say, I, I'm speaking of people turning into spiritual warriors, you know, inner spiritual warriors. This is the terminology I often use. And when I read this particular thing about, you know, uh, the priority being humaneness or uh, for that matter, high spiritual and moral aspirations of a human being. Mutual respect, strengthening of uh, friendships, virtue, humanity. I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I resound with. I would love it if everybody starts looking at this and every single word is so valuable here. And it's so meaningful, you know, when you can have moral values attached. And I think this is the time for every person on the globe to start looking at the creative ideology. I think it's amazing because this is just the it's not even the tip of the iceberg. We just have to step into it. And we will realize how powerful we can make ourselves to be. How powerful can our modus operandi be every single time we step out to do a certain task for humanity, for others, or for whatever we want to put our minds to. It's becoming like more and more beautiful uh, for ourselves. I think that can only happen when you have an ideology as has been defined by the creative society. It's beautiful. And in conjunction, was point six, which was development of personality. As an image scientist, the work that I have researched, I have gone into the study of psychology, sociology, anthropology, uh, semiotics, communication, design, aesthetics, all of that, mathematics and whatnot, and created mathematical models. I've studied human beings. So I know when we're talking of development of personalities, it is so, so critical. It is so critical. And like I said earlier, it's not only about education. It's a step beyond that. It is building life skills. It is building a personality from the inside where you can become a soldier saint of sorts. When I'm saying soldier, I mean the same spiritual warrior that I spoke of, but you become a kind of a mixture of a soldier saint wherein your heart beats for everybody around you, but you're also somebody who's a disruptor. Like I said, in the form of a spiritual warrior, you are a healthy disruptor and you want to take that step forward. So I think development of the personality uh, in terms of taking that step forward, becoming such an indomitable force of God, 
that you can actually step out and say all right i can you know be that force of god that can that can make the difference not just to myself but to millions of people across me around everywhere around in society so i think it's great to and then of course the personal fulfillment that you've spoken of here comes in as a by product once you're powerful enough once you are uh, the warrior like i said that spiritual warrior that is disrupting all the wrong things and coming in and replacing it with the good things around i think it becomes even more beautiful uh, to be able to do that of course uh, to do that i think you have to be self motivated that goes without saying to be able to you know do things for the larger good which i think is again part of it justice and equality again like i spoke of um, i think it's only fair uh, to be equal uh, and to treat everyone equally to understand that being human is our only identity and our most critical identity is just being a good human being where our heart beats for others our soul beats for others and i think that's very important so where we can have justice and equality and all of that um, i think it will make it a very even and a beautiful world your eighth point was again very interesting for me a self governing society because here it was all about taking charge you know the power from within and when i'm saying power from within it's also because who is the creative society it's you me him her everyone right everybody here so we're talking of inclusivity and we're talking of a concept of power within that so it is taking charge being a being like a master of your actions being on a self ignition mode where you say okay fine i don't need somebody to tell me that i need to do this i take the onus on myself to make the difference you know gandhi ji said be the change you want to see in the world so it is quite akin to that kind of an ideology which talks of you know just taking on that ownership the self ownership and the beautiful part of this eighth point is that if we have a self governing society we can definitely look at a sustainable society for many 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 centuries i spoke of um, to some extent uh, this area where you know you can create you as in all of us can create that beautiful precious structure and cherish that for years together you and i may not be there but the generations that will be there will cherish because something beautiful has been created and i think your eighth point is actually talking about all of this uh, where the resolution that we have spoken of is socially so important it is significant socially and we are addressing every single thing that human life addresses you know whether it's through public discussion or through votes whatever what we create a beautiful structure of sorts it's like a precious diamond that we've created and i'm not saying that diamonds are the only things that are precious i think the heart and the soul is far more precious but i'm just saying that whatever we create that sustains itself the ethos the principles are the guiding factors for us for many many generations so it's all in all i think very beautiful for me personally speaking as you asked me alina i think all of it is um a beautiful uh, you know i don't know the right word to use but it's a beautiful experience you know if i i think every time i'm going to i'm probably going to create uh, a copy of this and put it up close to my vision board uh, which i use very often i think because vision board is something i see probably multiple times in a day and remind myself that i need to do this i need to do this uh every single time i think i'm going to go past a single word that is mentioned on these eight foundations i'm just going to smile because i'm going to breathe it i'm going to experience it and see what newer ideas come my way so that i can keep continuing to impact people in the way uh in the little way that i do like i said i engage a lot with the youth and uh women especially across the world uh i don't ignore men i mean i do it with them too but i have a soft corner for the youth because i believe that they are the future young crop of the world and um, they are going to be determining our future ahead so for me it's very very important that i deal with them i keep telling them build action plans for yourself you know you create a vision board and you know incorporate it into your life and do what you can to try and just make every single thing you do more meaningful um i hope i can be a mouthpiece here for what these eight foundations of the creative society uh talk of and uh, i think i will probably be one of those action takers to try and see whatever i can do um and try and make this you know uh, this whole movement even stronger even more powerful uh through a human connect which i think today is imperative we need to uh, build our foundations because at the end of the day it's all about that and uh, 
I know there are a lot of people who will ask tons of questions, and I think that's rightful. That's healthy. We must know why we are doing this at the end of the day. So if we have to do a root cause analysis or a why why analysis, so be it. Let's ask questions to ourselves because only when we ask questions to ourselves will we emerge with answers. And I think that will only contribute to this journey of the eight steps that we have, the eight foundations that we have laid out. And uh, of course, the mindset will definitely determine it. We have to move forward as a cohesive group, positively uh, inclined in the right direction to try and build that. uh structure for ourselves systematically and um make sure that we do whatever it takes because you know i truly believe a desire changes almost nothing a decision will change something but determination and perseverance changes everything so if we are at it we can create our own personal mission statements through these eight points that we have as the eight foundations of creative society and um, you know just go on and create this beautiful world that we have envisaged dr apal you provoke so much thought and in in the detail that you've had me mesmerized as you speak so it's beautiful that you've got all these ideas and in all honesty you've kind of answered the question that's that's um that i'm going to pose to you but as you as you've kind of rightly demonstrated there's nothing new in these foundations um in principle um which you know they contain you can find you know we can find these principles in lots of constitutions and international legal do- documents and millions of interviews have proven that we all know how we would like to live um we all know what we want um but for some reason we don't live like this so you kind of already answered the question you know that's in terms of what steps we can make and one of the things you said was you know which i really really resonated with me was um you know let your heart beat for others just as it beats for you let your heart beat for others and connect into you know, that human connection but what you know and another thing you mentioned just now was the mission statement so what would you say kind of in the simplest um form what would be the first step you would 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 advise people to take um so that we could kind of create this society this creative society in the shortest time possible okay so a couple of things let me just list them out I would say first thing is the acceptance of the truth that we need to do something first. So I think most of us are oblivious of that itself in the first place. So I think the first thing would be acceptance from within that I can be a change maker, I have the capacity to be a change maker, I can be a healthy disruptor like I said. Once you have that sorted, I think the next thing is to get into action. Uh to see what are the things you can do. So I think it's always healthy to list out in your own individual capacity what you think. So create an action plan of sorts. and like i said i create my vision board i think it's very important to have a vision board because it it acts like a reminder it also tells you uh, as you're moving along in your journey how close you are and i think it also acts like a motivator of sorts if i may say it makes sure you're doing work and it's not just you know randomly something that comes to your head one particular day and then a year goes by and you've done nothing so i think that's very important um i think a movement like this needs the support of a lot of people who are engaging So I think uh in today's terminology going viral if I may say is a very healthy thing and it doesn't take rocket science to understand today in dig- in today's digital age how that can happen but I think uh you're going the right direction in one way by the way the creative society I think by having uh this engagement that's happening with a number of people it's a great thing but coming at a more personal level I think it's important for us to understand what we can do and like I said we can ask questions to ourselves a million questions if need be but come to the moot message that you can deliver this and if that this has been defined by you then go ahead and see what you can do uh another very important thing i would believe is uh like i mentioned earlier the authenticity because i think when you're being authentic you start thinking the right way the rational the sense of rationale prevails in a much stronger manner and uh you will start building structures in the right way and this mission statement that i spoke of uh, hanan was something that is innate to every human being i may define my mission statement from the expanse of my heart and the strength of my character uh in my own way but that doesn't necessarily mean that it will replicate somebody else's so i think everybody has to understand what is your personal mission statement in such a way that you are not only leaving a legacy for yourself but also leaving something for the generations to come and apart from that you have actually added a more beautiful element to the world 
you know, there was this very beautiful Mexican proverb I came across the other day. I'll share that. Maybe it'll kind of uh, sort of amplify what I just said. Uh, the, the saying is, they thought they buried us. They didn't know we were seeds. I loved it when I came across it. You know, no matter how deep you are under the soil, the fact is each one of us is supremely, supremely gifted, is supremely special. And if we all realize that each one, like a seed, can start germinating from even if it's under the ground, but germinate to stand and rise like a sapling and then grow into this beautiful tree that not only provides shelter and fruit to others and also takes care of herself or himself, you can sustain for so long. So I think each one needs to understand the power from within. And once they understand the power from within, that power will translate into beauty and action externally. So I think that is, if I try to give a little shortcut statement, I think that's it. Identifying the indomitable beauty and the power from within and then translating it into action for the world around you to leave a legacy in your own way. Dr. Kuljit, many thanks for such a great suggestion. And you know, I'm happy to say that millions of people around the globe are already taking huge steps to make creative society as soon as reality. And we would like to remind the viewers of an unprecedented event, the global online conference, Creative Society, What the Profit Streamed Off, which was held on March 20, 2021. It was organized by people from all over the world and simultaneously interpreted by volunteers into more than 45 languages, including sign language. It was live broadcast on thousands of online platforms in different countries, on various TV channels and on all social media. Thanks to the people who in their free time did their best to organize and run the conference, millions of people around the world saw the real power of bringing people together. This unique event was momentous for the entire humanity. Let's watch people's feedback on it. Amazing, Don. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so grateful to be part of this Creative Society program. Thank you, guys. Let's keep doing this until we unite mankind. It was a humbling and exciting and inspiring experience to of us. We want this world to be a better place. We want to leave this world better than when we found it. We want. I'm honored and I'm flattered um, just getting to know the idea of this conference and just watching how diverse it was and you know, understanding that how God is love and how we can love each other equally. In total, I have heard, I've listened, and I've understood from the people around the world, the way people actually pour their heart out. And it was so phenomenal to see people from different religions but talking almost the same language. I'm totally inspired and motivated by what I received from the conference on the power of love and the role each one of us plays to build it. This is a very beautiful moment I'm sharing that all volunteers all across the globe, we want happiness, we want peaceful life, we want togetherness, we want a life where everyone should live in peace. And true, purified from false. People will be able to understand their religion truly, who washed it and accepted the truth. I think we will succeed in everything. I believe it. The importance of the Creative Society as I understand it, is to implement all the good qualities of a person. Such freedom of spirit, such unification of people, such an example of what people who feel the need and strive for the freedom can do, feel the need for this unification, because they understand that these are such times that we simply have no other option. And besides, it is a need, the need of every heart. Oh, it is very inspiring, isn't it? Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And it was really a great event uh, and where people 
uh, of many nations joined together in one breath, in one call. So it was really great. Okay, uh, dear Dr. Kuljade, as we are testing the theory of six handshakes, whom would you like to invite for our next conversation in order to hear his or her vision of a creative society? You can name him or her right now or give a contact later. Okay, I would like to name uh, Ria Upar uh, because I think um, here is a young mind um, who whose heart, again, like I said earlier, beats for humanity. And uh, I think I would, through her, probably look at creative society, build and strengthen itself further uh, with, you know, more productive thought and uh, more action from the younger lot. So I, I would like to suggest her name. And I'm sure I have a million other names, which I will probably share with you as we move along. <laughs> I would like this... Uh, you know, this whole platform to become huge from my side as much as uh, I think it's, it's such a beautiful ideology and such a beautiful platform. So I think it should just kind of spread all over like wildfire, literally. <laughs> Thank you. We hope so too. Um, let's watch an interesting cartoon now prepared by our volunteers. Elephants are habituated to a rope since childhood. First, they are tied to a tree and an elephant calf, trying to escape, understands that the rope is many times stronger than him. Then, already being a grown-up elephant, he no longer even makes attempts to become free, because he understands that the rope, which is stronger than him, will win anyway. And when already a human who… well, the strength of a human and an elephant is incomparable, but an elephant still submits to a human and follows him with his head down, is the same in human society. The whole point, imagine, an ordinary human, skinny and little, is leading an elephant on a rope. Why? Because the elephant believes that the rope is holding him. Friends, we have the same thing. Nothing is holding us, except our imaginary rope. And I would simply like to say, friends, let us Stop being stupid elephants and let's become humans. Dr. Apal, what would you like to say um, and what would you like to wish to all, those, all our viewers who would like to live in the creative society, but who still believe that their voice is insignificant um, and that they cannot be the source of the change? Yeah, in, in fact, I completely agree to an extent with what you've just shared, this previous uh, video. I think uh, that is a fact. Um, and I think for all those people who live in those shackles, uh, I think the root cause analysis thing that I mentioned a short while ago, ask questions. Start questioning. Why am I just accepting things the way they are? Sometimes you uh, may take longer to get the answers, but I think it has to start there. And I think you deserve to ask questions to yourself. Uh, it's your right to ask questions to yourself or to even people around you and say, okay, why do you want me to do this? Why, why do I have to do this? And so on and so forth. I think trying to determine a rationale as to why we are doing this will start giving meaningful answers. And sometimes, you know, when you do a root cause analysis, you land up with the most bizarre answers, actually, which actually are like, somebody said that, you know, ages ago. This is a traditional thing. You don't, and then you realize, oh my God, I've just been following something with a blindfold on my eyes and uh, I've not even questioned it. So that's another way of looking at a rationale. So I think it's important to start rationalizing why you're doing what you're doing. I think that is going to probably uh, kind of change things. So it's important to start doing that. And having said that, even if you don't get answers from people around you, you do some soul searching. And if things don't seem, you know, there's something called an instinct, a gut feeling. Uh, your instinct will tell you the right answers. And your instinct indirectly is again connected with your conscience, like I said earlier. So I think somewhere down this whole activation from within will start giving answers. Start listening to yourself. Start listening to your core from inside, because that is your core foundation. And that is what with, that resounds with you. Your identity, like I said, your uncorrupted identity as a human being. Become aware of it and listen to what it says. So I think 
that may be the starting point for such people who are probably curtailed or who are living in shackles. And try and then break loose from that. Yeah, no, thank you so much for your enriching um, answers, Dr. Opal. I honestly, I've taken so much away from you just from hearing you speak. Um, you've planted these seeds and you've also reinforced a vigor in, within me. Your energy is absolutely infectious and I, I'm really grateful to have met you. So thank you so much. Um, thank you so much, Anand. I think that's really, uh, I, I'm very flattered when you're saying that and I'm feeling very blessed that you all have been able to, you know, uh, share what you did and uh, enlighten me today. So I have a lot of takeaways, in fact, in my own way. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Kirchet. Thank you so much for the wonderful conversation. From my point of view, our conversation was very productive. It was very sincere and inspiring. I'm really overwhelmed with joy and happiness. For me personally, our meeting is very important. Thanks. Thank you so much. It means a lot. And I'm delighted that I was able to share whatever little I could uh, with all of you and your viewers. And I hope and wish and pray that this movement that has started off goes and just, you know, encompasses the entire world, every single person from the most remote corners and let everybody kind of join in. I'm really looking forward to probably a, a few months, few years down the line. And I don't know how much more beauty we're going to add into this planet. So I'm looking forward to that. May you all be always blessed for starting this off. Seriously. Thank you. Humbly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dear friends, the Creative Society Project has inspired millions of people all over the world. And this number is grown every day because Creative Society is what we all want and deserve to live in. To join the project, go to the allatounites.com website where you will see the red button. Join us. Thanks a lot. That was truly inspiring and amazing. Great conversation. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Alexa. It was such a pleasure to interact with all of you and wish you very best in everything you all do. And uh, do let me know where I can uh, support all of you. I would be very, very happy and privileged. Thank you can co-host co the next interview. That would be great. What do you think about this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, great, good, good, very good. <laughs> and many thanks to everyone for, watch, for watching us today. And now we suggest that we listen to a wonderful song that was played at the recent global and truly history-changing conference, Creative Society, What the Prophets Dreamed Of. This song has already became a hymn for the entire humanity. It reflects all people's aspiration to live in unity and love in the creative society.
going on We are sighted and awake Now we know what is the truth And we know what's fake We are more than 99% Dream of peace and love In pure united happy world